1: Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As Scotland enters its second week of staying at home Still no sign of when the football will return UEFA say Scotland's authorities will decide on what happens to the end of the season As our clubs continue to do their bit to keep fans' spirits high I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight in the studio is Alex Ray And it's Hugh from home, Mr Kevens.
2: Their our past is what's cheering us up in the absence of a present, Gordon. And, well, the future is shrouded in uncertainty. What about that mother old Dundee United Cup final on TV last night, for example? But to strike one serious note, there needs to be clarity in the midst of tragedy. This season is over because of the pandemic. And the sooner the SPFL admit that, the better. UFSA, individual countries have to work out how a season ends because that's not their department. So now our governing bodies have to govern and show proper leadership. But my suspicion is they're stalling for time because they're trying to think of a way to avoid upsetting Celtic Rangers and Hearts. And Alec, that just isn't possible.
3: Oh, I'm not too sure, Hugh. I think there's a lot of complexities and amongst all that, obviously, there'll be... uh, various fans from various clubs will be upset whatever decision uh, comes their way Um, but I do believe that there's a lot of kind of things to take into consideration I think there's legal aspects as well and things. but as you rightly said Hugh there's a lot bigger issues to contend with what's going on at the moment
1: I suppose what might be useful for a bit of perspective is to look around at all of the other big leagues in Europe Absolutely. and say have any of them made a decision yet the answer being no and that might tell you that sometimes we're a wee bit hard on ourselves as if yeah. we don't know what we're doing these are unprecedented times are they not Hugh and if other big leagues haven't come up with a cl- conclusion yet why should we?
2: Well, the most amazing one of all for me was the response from the Italian Football Federation today who said that they were thinking about the fact that the season might be over. There are 11,000 people who have died in Italy. What's, what's to think about? Football cannot take place in Italy and it cannot take place here either. The sooner we own up to that, the better.
1: Well time will tell What have you been up to this weekend Alex Ray With no football again Nothing Nothing at all No live I've, sport No yeah. live action I've, I've been making do I've, I've, As I said to you I've showed you a picture I've been painting All my fences. I've
3: got 75 litres of masonry paint And I'm going to attack the house In the nice next couple of weeks here
2: <laughs> Dude, If that's not desperate times I don't know what is Well there's some woman on telly Called Aggie Who, who dishes out uh, Good housekeeping tips And I've been sandpapering a cooker. <laughs> Sorry? Why? Aggie says the, the best way to get your cooker brand spanking clean <laughs> is to sandpaper it first of all. Goodness this Aggie woman said it? So uh, I have been sent to do that.
1: Desperate times indeed. 01419511025 on the phones tonight. At Clyde SSB on Twitter. And Hugh, just before we came on air, I received some poetry. Oh. Director of you, director at Alex Ray, myself, and everyone at Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And it just kind of sums up where we're at at the moment. So I thought I would kick us off with a bit of poetry. You oh, can't yeah. say that too often at Clyde SSB, can you? But um, this has been sent in by... Uh, A Twitter account by the name of Curious Creatures on Twitter, Hugh. And it reads like this. It says, thanks to the pundits for our daily dose. Where this ends, well, nobody knows. To start the week, to brighten our day, the bold specky tube and his pal Alex Ray. Roger and Gordon are Tuesday night's pick. One full of knowledge, the other quite thick It's quite harsh on Wednesday some of the talking is tough the dynamic duo of Guidi and Duff then Thursday arrives. we've no chance at all one is called Bungle the other called Gob but Friday comes around with a last minute save the return of the Shug from his famous man cave rely on the boys for your much needed fix on Clyde Super Scoreboard every evening at six
2: Well, roses are red, violets are blue. I think that was terrific. How about you?
1: I did like that. It just sums up where we're at at the moment. Things are extremely uncertain, things are a little bit mad, and we're just trying to bring some sort of normality back to your day by talking football. A lot of that is going to be trips down memory lane, looking back at at famous players, famous games, famous events uh, from years that have gone by and it's been good fun Alex Ray we've been we've been yes. taking some we've been getting some good memories some good tributes yeah, in on the show
3: I thoroughly enjoyed Friday night Gordon uh, we, we went down the route of uh, wingers who got you off your feet and it just took me back you know I was reminiscing about some of the guys who used to watch when I was seven, eight, nine. 8, uh, terrific footballers uh, mavericks different type of player we have uh, the modern day winger uh, but brilliant all the same and I thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking about that I'm looking forward to tonight's subject as well
1: well I must admit the response from you at home has been overwhelming, quite frankly. The phone lines have been as busy as ever. People clearly keen for that football fix. And the way you can get involved tonight is by telling us your favourite ever Scottish Cup final. I'll explain why in a moment, but tell us what is your favourite ever Scottish Cup final. Give us all the details. Why? Where were you? Were we there? Did you watch it on TV? Did it have a particular personal relevance to you? Maybe even you were a neutral and you managed to pick this particular game out as being your favourite Scottish Cup final. I won't hold my breath on that last part, but whatever it is, give us a call right now, 01419 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Now, you won't have to look far for the inspiration for this one, Alex Ray. Yes. Sunday night, I have a missed call and a voicemail from Hugh Keevans. Now, if he's phoning you on a Sunday night, that it gets you worried, you of think, course. what's he up to? Well, what what's what's happened so uh, eventually catch it pick up the voicemail and of course he's advising me to turn on the BBC Scotland channel and relive the 1991 Scottish Cup final motherwell 4 dundee united 3 and it's gone down in scottish football history as one of the absolute classics is it the best Maybe, it's certainly one of the best So I thought we would throw that out to the listeners tonight And find out what is your favourite Scottish Cup final Get your answers in right now 01419511025
3: yeah absolutely God, I was actually as I said to you I was painting all day yesterday and my body was in absolute bits I went out for a bath when the game was on unbeknown to me that it was actually being covered and then when I come back later on from there my bits came I squared up and I come back downstairs had a look at
1: Twitter and the amount of people who were reminiscing about the game that I'd just missed again I was absolutely <laughs> devastated I mean Hugh where to start that's just our launch pad for tonight this isn't a full show about the 91 Scottish Cup final I want the listeners to get in touch and tell them what is their favourite Scottish Cup final of all time. But it's certainly a good place to start. Extra time, seven-goal thriller, brothers in opposition dugouts, the mother will goalkeeper playing for an hour with broken ribs and a ruptured spleen, set against the backdrop of the Ravens, C- Craig closures, mad tackles, mad hairdos, mad shots. <laughs> lots and lots to reminisce about on television last night.
2: Mad Moustache from the Pit Side Reporter who was uh <laughs> pre match interviews. Uh I remember the day so well. Uh you know, I had friends on, on both sides, you know, uh David Cooper on the Motherwell side, Jimmy McAnally and the Dundee United side. Uh and the excitement was just colossal. Um and the McLean brothers, you know, that they, they, they were a, a, an intense family, let me put it that way. Uh and for Wee Jim to lose that final. He never did get the Scottish Cup final. You know, they're building a statue to Jim McLean outside of Tannadice. They have received permission to do that. He never did get the Scottish Cup. His brother got it, Tommy, but he never did. And after he became the chairman, Ivan Golak won it for Dundee United. And Wee Jim was always denied that historic moment for United. But what a great, great final.
1: You don't have to agree, you don't have to agree with me that the 91 final was the greatest of all time But tell me what is then, what are your favourite Scottish Cup finals You can go way back, you can bring us up to the present day We just want to hear from you, we want to talk football in these uncertain times So give us your favourite ever Scottish Cup final on the phone right now 0141 951 1025 Don't hang about, you can tweet us as well uh, At Clyde SSB Um, But Hugh, particularly, uh, if if I can indulge you in my own personal feelings for for just a brief moment, for me it was was brilliant and and surreal to watch that last night. Because being from that part of the world, with family and friends and everyone reminiscing about that game all my life, but I'd never actually taken the time to sit and watch it all back every last minute of it. And the football was just from... A completely different era So as much as I was alive It wasn't an, an era of football that I really recognise In terms of the tackles that were flying in The leniency of the referees Passbacks to the goalkeeper for a start I know for oh, you guys were, of, yeah. of a certain age that, that That's nothing but, but to me to see a, 120 minutes of that yes. Where without hesitation The ball gets rolled back to the goalie He picks it up and he boots it up the pitch And that just sort of kept happening Over and over again Hugh, it, it was... it it was brilliantly mad and and I I can't quite decide if football has changed uh, for the better or for the worse there's so much to to sort of take in and and calculate on that front
2: Well you know the Scottish Cup always uh, has had a special place in my heart Uh, it was my pleasure to to write a book about the Scottish Cup uh, to coincide with the 100th Scottish Cup final, uh, uh, you know, contrary to public opinion, I wasn't at the first Cup final <laughs> in 1874 when Queen's Park beat Clydesdale two 0 But over the years, I have uh, witnessed history take place at these finals. You know, the the the, the Centenary Cup final of 1973, Tam Sai scoring from inches instead of feet, uh, the riot at the 1980 yeah. Cup final. Uh, you know my late great friend Tommy Burns the only trophy he won for Celtic was in the 1995 Scottish Cup final with Celtic beat Airdrie 1-0 and on and on it goes and one of the great regrets about the way things have turned out at the moment no one in the history of the Scottish Cup beginning in 1874 no club has ever won it four times in a row Aberdeen did it three times 1982 83 84 Celtic did it the last three seasons And Celtic were two games away And indeed are still two games away From possibly being the first club ever To win the Scottish Cup four times in a row
1: You don't have to pick your favourite at the moment Because I'm hoping that the listeners are going to inspire you And and maybe you can make that decision at the end What was the first one you can remember then, Hugh? What was the first Scottish Cup final you've got?
2: 59 years ago, 1961. Dunfermline, nil. Celtic, nil. It was known as uh, Conachan's Cup final. Dunfermline's a goalkeeper called Eddie Conachan And he defied Celtic all day long. He was magnificent. And Dunfermline won the replay, 2-0. And Jock Steen was then Dunfermline manager. And he got his first major trophy, having left Celtic to manage Dunfermline. And, of course, everyone knows... He went back to Celtic and won the cup for them in 1965, and that started the modern-day Celtic. But my first ever cup final, 1961. Here you go the
1: first one that you can remember yeah, Alex I mean I think mine would say, be sort of mid 90s yeah. what would your first one be I think, I think it was
3: 81 um, I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago Gordon it was a, a replay uh, it was done to United versus Rangers and uh, it was a draw in the first game and I think it was known as David Cooper because he was absolutely sensational I might have covered it the night we were talking about the. you remember David Cooper night that we did uh, last Monday I think it may well have been and uh, Rangers were on to 1-4-1 but Cooper was absolutely sensational that night and uh, so I think I would have been about 10-11 at that time so that was the one that stuck on my mind. I look, I was trying to look mm. back previous but nothing carasp took my my
1: notice. Right now the floor is yours then. What's your ultimate Scottish Cup final? O one four one nine five one one oh two five. We can go right back, we can come up to the recent times, whatever you want, you decide. Jennifer is in Paisley and she's gonna kick us off tonight. What have you got, Jennifer? Hi there. Um it was St Mundre
4: Dundee United, nineteen eighty seven.
1: Good start, I like that. Now Jennifer, it says on my screen here you're a Celtic fan, so why is it that yeah. that one sticks out for you? Is it because of the, the Paisley because connection?
4: Because I was at the game, yeah, and my big cousin was playing in it. Oh, who's that? Gary
1: Peebles. So so it's got. A, so there's the family connection, there's the local connection yeah. as well. Was that the first yeah, one you can remember? I, or, uh, I know it's not well, polite to ask you age. That one of the ones
4: that really stuck my mind because it
2: was Paisley.
1: <laughs> Hugh Keevans, you won't forget really that one in a hurry.
2: No, Ian Ferguson, the old peroxide blonde hair. Ian Ferguson later went on to play for Rangers. He's now in Australia. Uh, And my great pal, Alex Smith, was the St Mirren manager that day. Uh, A man who'd been around the lower orders, but got his first big chance at St Mirren and became one of the very few people in cup history to win the cup twice with different clubs, neither of which was Celtic or Rangers. He won it for St Mirren. And he won it for Aberdeen against Celtic in 1990. But that St Mirren Dundee United final in 87 was known as the the people's final, uh, which is normally a description they come up with to say Celtic and Rangers are not in this. Uh, but it was a terrific day for the the people of Paisley, and the the size of the support from Paisley and Jennifer is indicative of that because, you know, she supported Celtic, but her thoughts were where her with her hometown club. Admitted, so that was the spirit of the day.
1: Alex, we spoke about '91, and this is just a purely personal thing because it just depends what age you are. But but, you know, for me, that that's a sort of era that perhaps I don't quite recognise anymore, or maybe that was a bit of a turning point. And '87 is a great example of both teams. Oh, everyone was a, everyone involved was from Scotland. Absolutely, And that's yeah. the last time that happened. So, you know, clearly from then on, towards the end of the 80s, that's when things start to change. And yeah. even by that 91 final that was on TV last night, you've got a handful of guys from, from Europe and beyond. So that, that that's a nice a nice restart that you can apply to that 87 final. Yeah,
3: without a doubt. When you look at some of the players, Gordon, you know, Paul Lambert played in that as well. Very good player, but only won the Champions League. Ian Ferguson, as Hugh mentioned. But there were some guys at that time as well. You had Frank McGarvey. You had... Uh, Kenny McDowell, Tony Fitz made an appearance that day as well, having been an absolute legend at the club. But when you actually look at the Dundee United team as well, gone household names, you know, guys that were absolute. And when you look at the job that, uh, you know, Jim McLean did at that time, you know, we a provincial club, the, the players, the quality, Malpass, Bowman, Jim, as he's, he says Jim McAnally, Sturrock. He, he, what a player Sturrock was, you know, for you, for you before your time, but... It was absolutely simple
1: Jennifer, the the impact that these things can have on a town or, or on a local community is that what makes them so memorable? Is that is that why it stuck with you? Do you think?
4: Definitely, it was just amazing that day. The whole town was all dressed in black and white, and everyone was there. It was just fantastic.
3: Did you? Did you have to go to the, the the following day when they had the the open top bus roundabout about Paisley, Jennifer? Yes, How, yes.
4: And they come back to the town hall that night. So they did.
3: Yeah, I
1: bet it was great memories. Town
4: hall in Paisley that night. Yeah, after the game. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was amazing.
1: I mean, Hugh. <laughs> I'm so glad that we are, and we don't know what's going to happen this season. But we still really value our national cup, you know, the Scottish Cup final, and we're talking, you know, the end of the 1980s. here, 91 was the game we kicked it off. There are there are entire towns, entire communities that still live with the memory of those days. That just shows you how much it meant to people.
2: Do you know what the Celtic and Rangers players get far more money, they get far more adulation, but. St Mirren, as Jennifer recalls, and Motherwell, as you will recall, Gordon, can do something that they can't. They might have all the money in the bank, but they can't go on an open-top bus because they're not allowed. Those Celtic
1: have had a version uh, of it in the last couple of seasons, they, haven't they?
2: Yeah, That's but slightly they short had, they had to route. abandon it. They had to abandon it because they, 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 too many people get in the way. But, you know, a town associates with its football team Yeah, people at Jennifer although a Celtic fan associated with St Mirren that day. Everyone was in black and white, as she said. And there's a, a real sense of community on that day. OK, they might vanish the following season when the league gets underway and the crowd suddenly goes down. But that's why I always believe, if possible, Scottish Cup finals should be a twenty, a 50-50 split in terms of tickets because even if people fly on from abroad or they haven't been at a Motherwell or a St Mirren game Or whatever for years They're entitled to be there because it's supposed to be about community
1: Right, thank you very much Jennifer and Paisley kicking us off nicely That's exactly what we were hoping for Just those memories that bring it all flooding back to you What are your favourite ever Scottish Cup finals Doesn't matter what team you support Doesn't matter what era it is We will take them all A nice trip down memory lane to kick off the week 0141 951 1025 And we'll speak to you after the travel <laughs>
0: One, super with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk
1: to Alex Ray is here with me, Gordon Duncan in the studio. Hugh is in his man cave, and they're ready to take your calls. Usual number 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. We have been asking for your favourite ever Scottish Cup finals, and so many good responses. Coming in on Twitter We ask this purely because Hugh and I sat and watched the 1991 final on telly last night That is about it But it's a good excuse to have a trip down memory lane And we are doing that and then some on Twitter Alan Henderson says 91 was by far the best final Although I've never felt more drained after watching a game in my life How many players would have stayed in the park if that game was now? Hugh, that would be the thing that jumped out most for me last night And, And fans of a certain age What on earth did you have to do to get booked?
2: Uh, oh, commit murder <laughs> probably uh, uh, but Yeah, you, you, you called it correctly earlier on, Gordon We he spoke about uh, passbacks the goalkeeper were allowed uh, Scything people to the ground was allowed Play um, on Yeah, it's a man's game, <laughs> Alec Come on now I
1: do miss these days, here. I do miss them
3: uh, <laughs>
1: A few on Twitter, Alex A couple you'll definitely remember Terry Hurlock and Mikey have both gone for got to be the 2002 Scottish Cup, an old firm game. It looks like it's going to extra time and up steps Peter Lovencrantz to score a last-minute winner to break Celtic hearts and go down in history with us Rangers fans, says Mikey. I remember it well, Gordon.
3: I was in uh, the Rangers end just at the top tier and because it was such a dramatic game, end-to-end stuff, both teams going for the winner. I think Lovencrantz was a diving header, wasn't it? And uh, I was at the dying seconds as well. So uh, when you factor all that in, and I think any any fan from any team to score on the last kick of the ball really to 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 win a cup it doesn't get any better i remember fondly he
1: was a really important player for Rangers at that time wasn't he summed up by yeah. that. that that would probably of be the, the, one of the crowning moments yeah,
3: yeah absolutely he was, a, he was a good player Peter he had plenty of pace uh, he wasn't known he wasn't the bravest Peter you know his pace was phenomenal uh, and to go in with the diving header at the late stage uh, was you know as I said I think most fans who got up to win trophies but in that manner and I think that's always why it stands out in people's memory
1: Yeah, sometimes there's that kind of emotional element as well, Hugh. And Jonesy's on. He says the 95 final. Big Pierre, header versus Airdrie. The emotion on Peter Grant, Paul McStay and the legend Tommy Burns' faces meant so much, says Jonesy.
2: Well, as I say, it was Tommy's only trophy win for Celtic. And uh, Peter Grant that day was exceptional and he should never have played. He was nowhere near 100% fitness, but he had to do it for Tommy. Uh, And he made a last gasp tackle in the final minute of the game that prevented a, uh, an equaliser from being scored and the emotion, Tommy funnily enough was he, he had that smile on his face, you know, it, it was just a wonderful moment for him, his first trophy as Celtic manager and he's smiling up at the, the winner's rostrum. but I've rarely seen Peter and I've known Peter since he was a teenager, I've rarely seen Peter Grant in such an emotional state as he was after that game and that's the way the cup final gets you
1: William and Stevenson what I'm getting here is that we've had quite a lot of memorable cup finals but if you had to pick one what would you go for?
5: It's going to be the, the Ranger Hearts final I think it was I think it was 96 mm-hmm. when it was Brian Laudert's final and it was 5-1 and I think Gordon Dury the only player in Scottish Cup history to score a, a hat-trick sure will correct me on that because he's yep. a buff I'm, I'm not sure if that's true but um, his, his performance that day you would be hard-pressed to see a better performance than any player in a Scottish Cup final ever for
2: Brian Loudrop that yeah. day, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, jukebox um, wasn't the the only player. Dixie Deans had done it for Celtic in a six-one win over Hibs, uh, but Brian Laudrup that day was paranormal. <laughs> uh, he, he, he was he was. Um, I thought it was just a f- fantastic player. A, a privilege to have seen him in Scottish football. Uh, in the same way that you know that people. We'll say Henrik Larsen, the privilege to see him as part of Scottish football. Uh and Brian Laudrup that day, oh dear me. Hartz just had no answer whatsoever.
3: Was that the did, did he set up uh, the hat trick queue and score two? Is that is my memory right there, or did he set up two and score two? But I remember, you're absolutely right what you said, because he was absolutely phenomenal that day, terrorised uh Hartz. What do you think, William? Can you
6: remember yeah, any more?
5: Yeah, yeah Alec was right, he definitely scored two because that was the one where I think it was Gilles Roussey, one that threw his legs. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and I think the Hearts management team was gaining a, a large all week because they beat Rangers twice in the league that year and Walter Smith and his players just get fed up with it and that's how I think they could beat 5-1. I
1: suppose that drop factor, Hugh, you know, obviously, I think everyone knows he was a, a fantastic player, but when when a player then comes and does that on Cup Final Day, you know, it's the, it's the pinnacle of the season. It's the showpiece event. If you are the main man and you can then step up to the plate and, and produce a performance like that on Cup Final Day, that just makes it even more special, doesn't
7: it?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I remember Brian Loudrup's debut at Ibrox. And, I, I, you know, within minutes, you were saying to yourself, What? Wow. And, and that's the way he went on from start to finish in Scottish football. But you're right, Gordon, if you get to Hamden, people can freeze. Even the best of them can freeze on the big day. But he got warmer on the big day. (laughs) (laughs) And and
1: your William references the fact that that
2: Hearts had beaten Rangers prior to that.
1: Alex, those those couple of years were some fantastic battles and and let's give Hearts their moment in the sun because two years later they meet again in the final and the the Jambos do come out victorious that time.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and... uh... It's, it's interesting where you try and get that psychological edge. Uh, edge, you know the the caller speaks about you know Jim Jeffries trying to get that. Oh yeah, we've already beat them twice. Trying to play mind games and then they go out and get absolutely terrorized. So Williams absolutely right in what he says there. And a bit as you rightly said, this is a beauty about this show, Gordon, because it gives people the opportunity. We obviously get Kenny the Jambo on. He will remember two years <laughs> Walter, after yeah. that fondly. So I'm expecting Kenny to phone us and tell him his, tell us his memories of
1: that day. Yeah, you'll remember that Hugh. Yeah. When uh, does that? as getting your own back a couple of years later I suppose it would
2: oh yeah for sure I'm just thinking back and laughing though Uh, when Brian came over here I have to say he was the most mannerly the most affable of people uh, as well as being a brilliant footballer and I remember interviewing him for Super Scoreboard and he English wasn't his first language and sometimes it takes him a while to pick up on Little bits of phraseology and sayings that we have, and he said, uh, "You know, people think I've come to a Donald Duck league." <laughs> and I said, uh, Mickey, Mickey mouse, Mickey mouse." I
1: think it works. I think it works yeah, just it's, the same. It's, it's better, uh, William. It's funny how these things always, you know, stay with you. Where where were you We were you at the game, or do you remember specifically where you watched it? I was actually the army at the time. I was
5: in. I think. I think. It, believe it or not, I think it was in Kenya. I was either in Kenya or I was at stationed in Edinburgh. I, was, I can't even really remember. I wasn't at the game personally, but that's what I was. And... and uh... Alex, right? That was, that was terrible for me two years later because it was a party because <laughs> we are parts of
6: party that was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about
1: Robin salt and I'll tell you what there can't be many people who've watched it in Kenya and then phone in to Absolutely, the show. Yes. Right, so there we go. I think William uh, definitely one of the only ones on that one. 01419511025 keep them coming on the phones. Uh, loads on Twitter as well. Honestly, I can barely uh, scratch the surface but I will try my best. What else have we got? Uh Scott Linning remembers the Rangers Queen of the South final had to oh my goodness, uh, you know what Hugh sometimes I wish I had read these before, but I've started now, so here goes Scott Linning says Rangers, Queen of the South final had the snip the day before, but during the final, a stitch <laughs> burst went to hospital <laughs> after Rangers won, of course, can't forget that final gents family show, so edit where appropriate too late too late, <laughs> too late Scott. That's dedication. That's dedication, right there for you. Um, that's brilliant.
2: That that, uh, that also that also put Queen of the South into Europe. Uh-huh. The yes. Following year, uh, and the, the pleasure of travelling with them, uh, they played in Copenhagen, if memory serves me correctly, uh, and they were the most mannerly bunch of supporters I ever <laughs> ever travelled abroad with. Uh, you see, see that. See
3: that cup final Hugh I think Rangers were uh, leading uh, twice. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it Jimmy yeah. Thompson scored the equaliser And everybody thought Oof, <sighs> Queen of the South are going to beat Rangers here And uh,
1: I think it was Boydie Go the winner wasn't it? Well uh, uh, Scott uh, that, that's, It's only ha- it's half past six We're not going to beat that really are we? <laughs> I, th- I think that's the ultimate memory Sideshow Bob says his first was uh, 2004 them Firmland Celtic Celtic won 3-1 Larson's last competitive appearance For Celtic Best striker I've seen in my time Unbelievable
2: well, as I said to you, Gordon, uh, in in my lifetime, uh, I, I think it was a privilege to see Henrik Larsson in Scottish football and a privilege to see uh, Brian Loudrup in our football. You know, th- th- we spoke about last night's game, motherwell Dundee United, and, and how it was football from a bygone era, and it was. But we also had Loudrup and Larson and we were much the better for it
1: Stephen Baxter's filling in the blanks just yep. in case you, you were wondering so he says the Loudrup final was three assists two goals plus I was on TV in the Rangers end says Stephen good on you Stephen <laughs> hope he hadn't it wasn't dog and work or anything like that and he's been caught on the television but he was on the on TV anyway let's bring in Brendan Carntine what's your abiding memory Brendan?
8: Um, I've got two guys, if you don't mind. Um, the first one was the centenary season for Celtic ninety eight. Yep. The the way it just the way it just came about was just it was written. You know, it was just written in the stars, it was going to happen. Um, but can I just touch on the ninety five final that you were talking about a couple of minutes ago? There, sure. Um, two, two, two bits that stand out with with me for that game, uh, both after the after the, the final whistle, it was Tommy Burns and Peter Grant when they met on the pitch. Tommy does his wee finger wagon which you'll, you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about He wee sort of finger wagging the and the two of them just embraced like the Lowell Laws brothers you know, it's just a fantastic moment um, the, <clears throat> the second one view, I've mentioned this team in the past I don't know if you've ever actually looked at it um, as the players came down, down onto the pitch Brian O'Neill was, was, he was either injured or suspended I can't remember why he wasn't playing but um, Gordon Marshall goes up to him and gives him his medal you know, because Brian played his part all the way through, and you see it as the players are celebrating on the pitch. You just see it at the top of the screen, and he gives it, and Brian Healy just breaks down. You know, and it's just fantastic, fantastic.
1: Do you remember those moments here? As, as do they stick out for you the way Brendan
2: recalls them? Um, well, uh, as I say, the the nineteen ninety five Cup Final, I, I was covering the game for Super Scoreboard and a. Uh, uh, I was told to get downstairs quickly uh, at time up uh, because you could then do the immediate post-match interviews. And as I say, I've known Peter for a long, long time and uh, he was emotionally distraught, but in a good way, if I can put it to you like that. Uh, He had played uh, and he probably shouldn't have played and he had played his part and he was quite heroic for Celtic on the day. And then it, emotion is an incredible thing. Uh, it, it tears grown men apart uh, and it certainly did that day. Uh, and when um, Brendan spoke about the 88 Cup final centenary year, can you imagine being appointed the manager of a club in their centenary year and told, you know, that... that This is so important, the centenary year. And Billy McNeil won the League and Cup double. And he was the man who said that there was a fairytale aspect to Celtic. And I always said, particularly on the occasion of his death, he was the only one entitled to say that because he wrote most of the fairy tales.
3: But just, uh, Brendan, was it Gordon Marshall It gave it to uh, Brian O'Neill? Brian O'Neill. Yeah, listen, see, see, I, I thought
2: Marshall was he was, he was, he yeah, was there keeper at the time.
3: Yeah, yeah I, I played with Big Marshall Falker. when you When you actually kind of. Uh, reminisce about these actual moments I think that's what it's all about because everybody's kind of focused on you know the, the the cup and celebrating with your mates but you've actually touched on a couple of really really pertinent points here. I think that was absolutely brilliant Of well, Gordon Marshall would well, do I, it
9: I, I like
8: the, 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 the big man he, he let me do it in 2005 at first third part by playing an absolute <laughs> blinder but, well, but To but be I'll fair he's a good he'll... goalie
3: didn't he done me a favour that day <laughs>
8: <laughs> Aye so but no but what he done that day to Binaryo was just, just fantastic you know a, a young guy at that time meeting in the game and just sort of saying listen you've done your bit that's for you you know do, so,
1: do you think, you know, think when, we, when, when we all look back on, on our football memories Brendan is it these sort of emotional moments are, the, are these the ones that stand out above all else because you'll have seen many Celtic victories in cup finals some have, will have been more emphatic than that one there will be probably well I mean it was historically significant of course it was but there will be other ones that are historically significant as well but yet that that's the one you've picked do you think it is these little these little emotional moments that, that make the difference. It's just
8: what being a fan of your team is all about, you know, yeah. it's just things like that 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 stick with you, you know, when you get, you know, completely, like say, you you'll know what I'm talking about. You, you you can probably picture Tommy doing that, these sort of finger wagging things he went to me, because you obviously you were you were so close to him. You know, so it's just me, two two absolute Celtic men coming together in a in a moment, you know, and it's just but what it's about, you know, for for every fan, every team, you know, so mm-hmm.
1: Perfect, good stuff. That was on you go, Hugh, carry on.
2: I was just going to say another cup final thing with Tommy. He won the cup as a player. Uh, and I had been speaking to him the, the, the week before, and I said it was you know, after the final. This was 89, I think. Uh, and I said, my mother's 70th birthday, so we're having a special party in the house. And uh, I was at work on the Monday after the cup final, and the lady at our reception desk said, oh, eh, she Tommy Burns at the front port, uh, counter to see you. So I went up and he said, uh, come on out to the car, son. And I went out and he opened up the boot and there was a case of champagne. <laughs> and he said, uh, for your mother's birthday, son, mother's birthday. And I thought to myself, he's nicked up from the boardroom <laughs> at Celtic Park. That's the cup final champagne. <laughs> and there's no and, chance uh, you, let you let it go to waste. Are you kidding me, on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good man, Hugh Keaven's from his man cave. Alex Ray's in the studio, and the last caller on the line was Brendan and Carentine Thank you so much to Brendan. This is the perfect time to get your favourite Scottish Cup final memory in because we'll get some travel with Stephen, and you could be next.
0: Clyde won Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to thompsons.com Hugh
1: Keaven's is with us thanks to the wonders of modern technology. Alex Ray's in the studio thanks to the wonders of. Olden day technology I don't know Still relatively Speaking of technology I love this tweet from Jim McAlan That's come in He says I think I'm like Hugh Not very good at technology Don't know if this is working First time I've tried Well Jim We've got you Loud and clear Uh, We're also Taking your memories Your favourite ever Scottish Cup final Um, Logie says Another classic was 1999 Rod Wallace Free transfer beat Celtic to win the treble. Atmosphere was unreal, uh, says Logie. And Airdrie South says I've seen Celtic win 22 Scottish Cups, wow. and I must say the Centenary win is the best ever against Dundee United. I left Hamden and went straight to the Queen Mother's maternity Glasgow, where my daughter was born a few hours later. You're not forgetting that in a hurry, no, are you?
3: Absolutely. Uh, Frank McAvaney, if my memory serves me right, scored
1: both goals, didn't he? There we go. 9-5-1-1-2-5 well, well, one, one, Charlie's in Drumchapel. What sticks out for you, Charlie?
10: Uh, re-selection I'm not too sure of the year But it was uh, Celtic beating Dundee United 2-1 uh, I'm sure David Proven was the first Ever scored direct Is that 1980? Could that have been as um,
1: far back as 1980?
3: Um, Charlie, no? Um,
1: no, wouldn't it be Hugh, you, you'll fill in the blanks there uh, 85.
3: 84. 85
6: Yeah, 85
3: Yeah
10: JJ Colvin scored directly
2: for the three kick. And I'm sure he's the uh-huh. first ever. In, the first ever score he scored directly free kick. And Clint McGalvey scored with a diving header to make it two one. Yeah, I think it was if memory serves me correctly, Kevin Gallagher scored for Dundee United to put them in front. Uh, as
1: I say it kept coming back to
2: the street. according to it, according to This
1: website I'm on at the moment, yep.
2: Uh and you know, once again the, the cup eluded wee Jim McLean uh, who probably deserved a distinction like that to have won a league and a cup but he got the league uh, and yeah the, the Celtic and Dundee United Finals you know, I think that was 85 when Davies scored the, the free kick and then in 88 of course the Centenary Cup Final and uh, Frank McAvenny um, it got to 1-1. I think that was the day that Kevin Gallagher scored for Dundee United in in 88. Uh, Frank equalised and then Celtic specialised then uh, in very, very late goals. They had scored two very late goals against Hearts in the semi-final. And uh, again, there was the the cross, I think, from Roy Aitken. And, uh, and Frank scored to make it... Uh, 2-1 for Celtic with 10 seconds to go.
1: But Charlie's right about the free kick, Hugh, because even from an era when wasn't that much footage, you know, flying around the way there is now, but still that free kick, I feel like I've seen that so many times.
2: I can still see that curly mop that <laughs> Davie had then. It's sadly vanished altogether now, uh, but he was a terrific player for Celtic, terrific striker of the ball, uh, and that free kick, you know... Uh, At a time when you thought this final is slipping away, it's slipping away from Celtic and it's going towards Dundee United, Uh, a tremendous free kick goal off the underside of the bar. Can't
1: there's something special about a direct free kick goal, Alex, and then to do that in a cup final, so spectacular. But they fall into different categories. If you can get Barron in. That, that's, the, that's the yeah. optimum if the keeper gets a hand to it it's ruined yep. you know there's something so aesthetically pleasing about a free kick
3: yeah without a doubt I think we've obviously touched on the the Loving Krantz diving header but I've, I think Barry Ferguson scored a wonderful free kick before that Gordon and it was he kind of cut across the ball into the far corner and it was a, it was an excellent free kick but there is there's something brilliant about it Gordon you know when you see a, a player execute a free kick it's, it's magical
1: Yeah, Token Jester says that the 85 Cup final that the caller's talking about, Hugh is always mixed up with the 88 because it's the same team, same score and same order of goals
2: Yeah, Uh, Stuart Beattie of course Uh, Kevin Gallagher um, in 88 Uh, as I say, everything about it uh, for the Celtic supporters, for Billy McNeil for Frank McAvenny himself everything about it had that fairy tale aspect to it because to, to win a leading cup double in your centenary year well you, you're, you're in the history books aren't
1: you Charlie were you there Or do you remember Where you watched it I,
10: I, remember, oh, game I remember it quite clearly Where, <laughs> where, where would you have been then been
1: What what goal was, was that What goal was that Free kick scored into Would that have been your end Or is that the other end Remind me uh,
10: Chelsea Celtic Because it was like we, we were talking about There was like 20 minutes to go In the game or something uh, David Proven scored the free kick And then The, th- the minutes to go I'm sure it was Roy Aitken crossed the ball and Frank McGarvey scored with a diving header to make it two-one to Celtic.
1: Yeah, you're right, and I think looking yeah. at, at the sort of stats from it, Roy Aitken wins man of the match, who had been sent off in the in the previous year's final as well.
10: Yeah, uh, uh, he's done the same in the previous game which we were talking about with the two-one. Yeah. In it's centenary year. It was Charles, Charles, I mean?
2: Don't be up! Don't be up! Always remember that day, or not? Well, in, in it's the centenary, yeah. When you go through, you're fin- yeah, In the centenary year final, uh, you know, to, to get it to 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 get it to one all in the centenary year final, uh, you would think Phew, settle for that. You know, we've, we've saved ourselves at the at the death, and you know, take it to extra time. But uh, I always remember Frank. Maccabeney telling me that you could just hear this voice and it was Roy Aitken saying, come on, we can still get this. And he was not for settling for uh, extra time. He wanted it done and dusted with seconds to spare and he was right. And I like all the
1: wee personal stories that are coming in. There's one here, um, we'll call him Parsley, since this is a family show. He says, 1988, Best Pals wedding, all crowded round the portable telly. Groom as well told the hotel to delay the meal as extra time was coming thanks to Frank McIverney saved the day. Frank McAvenie
3: saved the day.
2: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely brilliant. As I say, that was that was the fairy tale aspect that Billy McIver spoke of. You know, They were one down to hearts in the semi-final with three minutes to go and 1-2-1. One, one. And uh, there they were in the the, the final itself. Seconds to goal, literally seconds. And it was as if Billy had written some fairy tale in advance.
1: There will be so many of them because Scottish Cup final traditionally end of May. Weather's are starting to get good wedding season is upon absolutely. us. There must be so many people whose weddings uh, clash with the, the Scottish Cup final. Didn't mine's?
3: It? yeah, absolutely, yeah, 1993, and um, on that day, on the day, three o'clock kick off. I, I was at the Altar of Gordon, and uh, um, I was against Aberdeen, and um, big Mark Cately got the winner. And uh you know all my mates are half of my mates are all Celtic daft and I'll never forget. Halfway up the, the church, my uncle's got the, the radio <laughs> his ear and got yes and, and, all, <laughs> and, and than I, you know probably listening to you. And then uh, and then obviously but um I was a quiet night. Nineteen ninety three Rangers won the treble and uh it was it was a, a, a long old night, shall we say. Huh.
2: I get married on the day that Celtic, uh, Celtic played Rangers at Ibrox. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just getting you the day off, that's all. Uh, bringing it up to the present day, Hugh, and we've not had any calls on this yet, um, Michael Baxter says, the best cup final is the Invincible Treble. Was at the game, was greeting like a big Wayne when Rogic scored the winner. I think you and I were there as well, Hugh. I can't remember if you were in in the studio or not, or whether you were at the game, but either way, talking about recent history that's right up there
2: well you know as I say there is one piece of history that has yet to be written with regard to the Scottish Cup first final 1874 here we are 146 years later and one thing has never been done no one has ever won the Cup four seasons in a row Aberdeen did it 82 83 84 but couldn't get 85 Because Celtic won it. Celtic have won it the last three seasons and are two games away from winning the Cup for the first time in history four times in a row. Now, now what the SFA have to tell us is how do they propose to finish this season's Scottish Cup? Because there's a piece of history at stake here.
1: Uh, I like the tweet from John Marshall as well he says 2009 final uh, simply because it was the first time I was able to witness Falkirk in a final at Hamden and the first time I ever saw my dad cry all he spoke about all day was 97 this and 97 that uh, says John Marshall on Twitter at Clyde SSB, you can keep them coming in we've got a few other things lined up for you in the second hour but I have little doubt that the phones are still extremely busy with your memorable Scottish Cup finals, this has come if you're wondering, you're just tuning in and listening and thinking why on earth are they talking about that we don't even know when the Scottish Cup final is going to be it's quite simply because Hugh and I watched the 91 Cup final on TV last night it's one of the all time classics and we're wondering what else is right up there so keep the calls coming time for this first though
0: the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online, uk slash football
1: it's a new week on Beat the Pundit the Pundits didn't have the best time of it last week they seem a bit distracted by everything that's going on, you lot have maybe got a bit more time in the house to study up, maybe it's something to do with that, if you want to try and get the sign ball tonight and Beat the Pundit, all you have to do is give us a call right now, 0141 951 1025 and make sure the call is in before 7 o'clock
0: Slide 1, Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play talk to Thompson's.com
1: Alex Ray is here, Hugh Evans has been joining us from his man cave as well as we try our best to provide a bit of a football fix during these Uh, Bizarre, uncertain times So keep the calls coming please 01419511025 We're on Twitter at ClydeSSB And we've spent most of our time tonight Asking you for your favourite ever Scottish Cup final It all started because Hugh and I Spent the weekend in-house Obviously, as you should do Being safe And watched the 91 Cup final last night Between Motherwell and Dundee United Judging by social media Lots of you watched it as well And we're asking you If that wasn't the best Scottish Cup final What was you tell us, I'm surprised we've not heard from any of you Hearts or Hibs fans yet. You have both had some memorable ones in recent times, so get in touch 01419511025. We've got a few other things lined up for you this hour as well. Kicking off with this.
0: Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online:
1: thescottishsun.co.uk/slash-football. A new week, a fresh start, a clean slate on Beat the Pundit. John is in Dumbarton. He's going to be playing for the ball tonight. How are you, John?
7: I'm all right, Jerry. How are you?
1: <laughs> um, well, g- <laughs> <laughs> since we're all being nice to each other, I'll let you can call me whatever you want. I do prefer Gordon if, if, that, if that's Gordon, okay. Sorry. No, that's fine. Force a habit. Jim, I don't mind that at all. It was Jerry. I've (laughs) been on
7: before and it was Jerry. (laughs) That's
1: fine, Jim. I'm only kidding. Uh, Are you missing the football,
7: John? Oh, massively. It's hard, isn't it? It
1: is. It's really hard. Really, really tough. Let's see how much your uh, memory has served you well, though, from previous football questions, because I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. You're taking on Alex Ray. He was busy. He's elsewhere in his man cave at the moment. So, um, Alex Ray, I'll give you some... Clyde two to listen to Great And that way he can't hear you John It's just you and I I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock And the only thing to remember Is that you can pass Okay Ain't no Pick up my pen Right your time starts Now Who scored Rangers most recent Competitive goal? Oh Morelis Which Scottish club Are nicknamed the Bully Wee? Clyde Which German side Play their home games At the Veltons Arena? It's Schalke What's nationality Celtic's Jeremy Frimpong? Belgian. Which Italian side are managed by Antonio Conte? Milan. Who won the 1997 Scottish Cup? Aberdeen. Which Scottish side play their home games at Somerset Park?
7: Er, Erden Eater.
1: Okay. Alex, can you hear us? Yes. Loud and clear? Yes. Same set of questions to you. Your time starts now. <sighs> Who scored Rangers' most recent competitive goal? Uh, Birellos Which Scottish club are nicknamed the Bully Wee? Clyde Which German side play their home games at the Veltins Arena? Uh, Bayern Munich What nationalities Celtic's Jeremy Frimpong? Uh, Belgian Which Italian side are managed by Antonio Conte? Uh, Inter Milan Who won the 97 Scottish Cup? Rangers Which Scottish side play their home games at Somerset Park?
3: Yeah. Or oh, you could have gave me another
1: question. Do
7: you that think you've so? posed. <laughs> What do you think, John? Oh, I think you got to the line. Rangers, maybe ninety-seven. Mm, let's find I out. hope it anyway. I no I like
1: this first <laughs> question because how long ago does football seem? It seems like Rangers last played six months ago, or anyone for that matter. Oh, well, I know my answer is. <laughs> <laughs> <It's categorically, laughs> you, no, right. See, you, you both went for Morelos because you're thinking, well, Morelos, uh, think Morelos scores goals, but, but he hasn't been recently. That's Absolutely. the point. It was George Edmondson. That's right, yes. Against, against by Liverpool. That the game, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, which Scottish club are nicknamed the Bully Wee? It is Clyde, so you both got it. One all after two questions. Which German side play their home games at the Veltens Arena? It is Schalke. John got it. Wow. Mm, you didn't. Well done. Fabulous. Uh, you both thought that Jeremy Frimpong was Belgian, but he's Dutch. Not a million miles away but still wrong Which mm. Italian side managed by Antonio Conte Inter you both got it John stays one up Who won the 97 Scottish Cup It was Comarnock mm. yeah. uh, Which Scottish side play their home games at Somerset Park It is a United You both got it Be- And that means that John wins by 4-3 to three. Well oh, done John join.
4: Oh, that's no bad, cheers than no
8: bad yet. That's having a legend I think
1: didn't be one last time <laughs> Well done, John well The same ball is on its way to Dumbarton There we go How long ago does rangers buy leverkusen feel? Seriously? <laughs> uh, Absolutely
3: As I said to you, it just seems, you know We're only a couple of weeks in, really And uh, it seems so much longer And obviously it's going to uh, carry on this, Gordon, for a while So it's, uh, we're going to have to adapt to it, and you know. Uh, but as we say many many times, there's there's a bigger uh, issue here.
1: Hugh Kavins, you with us? I am. I feel like it's time to reveal to the listeners that we we restarted Hugh during the the news. When I say Hugh, I mean the, the equipment that he's using. Not actually restarted Hugh, and everyone knows that you get a little bit nervous with the technology. And I just wonder how stressed you were during that news interval when we had you disconnected for a few minutes.
2: I want the defibrillator now <laughs> <laughs> I could see my
1: phone going there were phone calls text messages producer Dan looked like he was getting an ear filled yes, through there I can imagine so you're back you're back with us loud and clear Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five in the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter did you hear Beat the Pundit there Hugh? I did we were just asking uh, who scored Rangers most recent goal and we were talking about George Edmondson um, against yes. Bayer Leverkusen and we were just saying how long ago <laughs> does that
6: seem
2: well, you know, we've all been left in this state of suspended animation. It's very, very frustrating. I I would love some clarity about what happens. And I do accept your point that England haven't decided yet. Uh, the Spanish clubs, the Italian clubs, the French clubs. Uh, but here we are, we're hanging on Rangers in Europe. We're hanging on, could Celtic win the Cup four times in a row and be the first... Team in the history of the competition to do that. Will Celtic get the quadruple treble, etc., etc., etc.? Where are we now with it all? So that, that would be the last game, then, wouldn't it? Involving oh, yes, S- uh, yep, that was. Uh, Saint
1: Mirren Hearts was the night previous, the eleventh yes. of March, one 0 yep. to Saint Mirren.
3: Yeah, it was an important win for Saint Mirren, and uh, you know everybody thought the the relevance of it, be, uh, kind of bigger gap to Hearts. And here we are, Gordon, you know, uh, we have great uh, insight now. I don't think the the game against uh, Leverkusen should have gone ahead because of the ramifications of people coming from an area that was kind of already a couple of weeks ahead of us. So, uh, but again, hindsight's a great thing. And I think it was the correct decision as well to cancel the games that weekend.
1: Just miss it. Just miss it so much. 01419511025 oh, In the phones, at Clyde SSB on Twitter. You can keep your favourite Scottish Cup final. Uh, memories coming but as you will know if you've been listening over the last couple of weeks uh, we like to to get out and about well not not literally, on on the phone lines we like to speak to as many different footballers as we can, maybe even from different countries different corners of the world and, and find out how life has been at the moment now I'm pleased to say that Former Hibs striker Simon Murray joins us On the phone Simon has most recently been playing his football in South Africa When did you get home Simon? I know tra- uh, travel's been a bit disrupted recently When did you make it back to Scotland?
6: Um, yeah I just arrived in Scotland um, Friday Friday oh. morning uh, Landed back in, in London It uh, was a bit of a, a scramble getting out of, of South Africa at that time Um but we managed to get back uh, to sunny scotland with all this going on but um we got we got back in the end
1: yeah when you when you say a scramble to get out of south africa what what do you mean with I take it you know just flight options and stuff majorly reduced compared to what what you usually would have
6: yeah so so basically um the the president um announced that there was going to be total lockdown in south africa for 21 days uh on the thursday night at 12 o'clock um, so that meant no flights, airports closed, um, all that. And my flight was actually meant to be on the Friday, so I would get back on the Saturday, which meant obviously the the flight would be would be cancelled. So we had to to go to the airport on on the Wednesday, uh, then try and get on that flight, which we never got on, and then we managed to get on standby for the following day. And I think somebody, the air hostess, was saying that there was. Um, 5,000 uh, passengers that never got out of South Africa wow. Um I'm not sure if they were all British but heading towards London wow. Um so when we turned up to the airport knowing that we were on standby the, the the queues were all from the British Airways counter all the way out to the outside which which is obviously everyone panicking trying to get out so yeah it was it was it was exciting
1: Let's say that yeah it sounds incredible, so you're talking about this total lockdown sort of thing in South Africa, so having arrived back here then are are we at a you know a a, a lesser stage if you like, are things not as strict here then compared to what you've been used to in the last couple of days yeah, so
6: i'm actually I was actually surprised that um because i don't th- i think it's been quite lenient here um as in lockdown wise, I know that we've been told to stay in the house and stuff but we were actually the UK had cases before South Africa and South Africa only just started to get cases and then they brought in the army into the streets, so you're not even allowed the hour or half an hour exercise like like you're allowed here, it's basically a trip to the shop if you're needing food and essentials and and that's it Um, so yeah I I thought, I don't know if they would maybe went a bit further here and and done what what South Africa have done But hmm. hey I'm not the Prime Minister
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the, the football side of things then what, what what sort of impact did it have When did they call games off Remind me Because I'm not sure if the schedule's slightly different From what we're used to over here
6: Yeah, no, it runs the same uh, Season is the same what, August till, till May or, or whatever it is But yeah, as soon as, as the cases started to come in They postponed the game that week's games, and then they re, uh, revised it at the end of the week, and now they've just put, well, went in line with the 21 days lockdown. So the season and the training is off for for 21 days at least, and then when that comes, they'll 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 find out from then and take it from there. Yes. I would imagine.
1: And on a footballing note, that, that that's your time in South Africa. Over essentially, you're now back here and, and you're going to be looking for a club in, in Scotland. I understand, um, or certainly a bit closer to home. That's a, a sort of uncertain process for a player at any time. No, never mind at the moment. How difficult is that for you?
6: Yeah, it's, Do you know what? I think everyone is in a is in a difficult time at the moment. So for me, look, it is difficult when you're not with a club at any time and you're looking for a club. But do you know what? Everyone's in the same boat just now. It's a bit of a Life's a bit of a mess just now You're not getting to do your own job Or football Or going going to the shops when you like Or seeing your friends So my worries are probably the least of, of it But yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll get there And we just need to stick together And and make sure we we'll all do the right things And hopefully we can just get back to, to training And playing football And doing what we all love
1: Yeah, how do you look back on it? Because not many Scots go out there and, and play their football in South Africa And I think we're always yeah. interested in and what that's like in in other parts of the world how do you reflect on it?
6: yeah do you know what at the time I I just wanted I had an opportunity to go out there and it was a different experience for me and I just I I really enjoyed it the two years were great the club that I was at was was really good Uh, we done well and um, yeah it was just a different experience and stuff so I'll remember it for for a while and I'll take bits from that that I learnt from from their culture and, and you know just to remember it, and we'll see. We'll see what I know. I'm used to the Scottish culture, so I'll be able to fit in easier. Than yeah.
1: Was there. <laughs> I, I, I dare say there are some um, misconceptions, perhaps, about South Africa and, and people for people in Scotland and in Britain and so on. Were there any sort of eye-opening moments, or is it is that stuff all a bit exaggerated?
6: We got when you go when I first went out there, I'd, I'd never been. Um, I never really knew many people who had been but I'd, I'd watched a couple of the, the documentaries that Ross Kemp or something <laughs> doing, and you see the dangers but to be honest I've said this to all my friends and my family have been over to visit it's, it's an unbelievable country and I would advise or say to anyone if you fancied a holiday and there's so much over there to do and don't get me wrong you have to watch and, and, and keep your bearings but Just like anywhere else, uh, there's certain places you go and there's certain places you don't. So in Dundee, there's 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 plenty of them around as well. (laughs) So no no ropey away days or anything like that. (laughs) There's there's a couple. We we've played a few away games and and what 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 would you call it the outback um, of these places and you know a ten hour bus journey and there's not much out there but. The football team and the crowds. The crowds was big, and it gets a bit hostile in these places. But all in all, it was it was a great experience. And you know, if if anybody's listening, it's definitely a place to go. So much to do, safaris and and great great stuff like that. So it was definitely a, a good experience, all in all.
1: And just finally, with regards to the future, then we know you in these parts as having played for Hibs and Dundee United. Yet you had a spell at Dundee. There's obviously the suggestion that that might be somewhere that you know you could look to go back to. But d- does that stuff all feel a bit weird at the moment in the sort of transfer rumour and speculation? Because no one really knows where where things are heading.
6: Yeah. I, I, look, there's there's been a couple of options in in Scotland, which which is great. But I just think at this time, I think clubs need are, are looking obviously after their own players and and their own finances at, at their clubs. So I just need to keep myself fit. Um, doing what I can um, in the house and in the gym at home and, and whatever else, and just and just keep uh, keep ticking over. And then when that time comes to 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 go in at a club, I just need to make sure I'm ready.
1: Good man, Simon. Thanks a lot for taking the time to speak to us. Glad you made it home safe.
6: It's nice speaking to
1: you. Good man. That was Simon Murray, former Hibs, Dundee United, Dundee amongst other striker, uh, who just made it home from South Africa yep. for the weekend. Sounds yeah. sounds lively, Alex.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you have to commend him for actually taking the leap, going out and playing a different culture, Gordon. And uh, as you rightly said, he's played with some decent club, both Dundee clubs, Hibs. So it's just a case of coming back, trying to find his a club and get going again because he's still what he's only 28, I think, and he's still
1: plenty of years ahead of him. Uncertain times, of course, though. But uh, we'll wait and see. Thanks again to Simon for joining us on the line. 01419511025. We've got James and Greenock on the line. You got a memorable Scottish Cup final for us, James? Yeah, I thought um, the one
11: I remember it most was uh, was 2016 when Hibbs beat Rangers, uh-huh. uh, 3-2. Obviously David Gray getting the head on the last minute. I just thought, you know, I'm a Celtic fan. Don't get me wrong. It was a good day for me anyway. But I just thought the fact that everybody that was watching that was watching something happen for like the kind of first time, it was 114 years or something, wasn't it, before they, they hadn't won it. So I just thought it was amazing that everybody that was watching that day was kind of witnessing something for the first time. It showed you the crowd when there was kind of 80-year-old, you know, 70-year-old men and all that watching, like, kind of Hibs won the Scottish Cup. I just thought the kind of whole day... It'd give me a wee bit similar to the end, obviously, what happened after the game. I would have liked to have seen the Hibs players kind of parade the trophy around the pitch and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, that never happened, but... That was just the kind of one that sticks yeah. in my
1: head. That, that's a fair point, Hugh. And we know the way this city works. Folk will go, ah, well, St. James is a Celtic fan and like that. But but I, I like the way back backed that up there. Yeah. Everyone who watched that was watching something for the first time. And I haven't, I haven't thought about that throughout this whole discussion that we've had and all of the, the finals that we've mentioned. There would only be a couple, if any, that, that would fall into that category. Every single person watching is witnessing something for the first time.
2: Yeah, uh, so many great performances that day. Um, Anthony Stokes, I mean, his, whose career has gone into decline since then. Uh, Anthony Stokes was fantastic that day. Uh, Liam Henderson, on loan from Celtic, as he was then at Hibs now uh, uh, in Italy. Uh, he was outstanding as well. For David Gray, he'll never have to buy another drink in Edinburgh once the pub's reopen. <laughs> Uh And... For Rangers, uh, an absolute sickener because it was all there, it was there in front of them. They had the 2 1 lead, and and Rangers in Glasgow, really from that standpoint, should not be losing the cup final. Uh, But the manner in which they lost it, uh, defensive laxity, uh, two headed goals, one the the, the exact same as the other, Alec, and it, it simply from a Rangers perspective it should not have happened
3: I think that was one of the things that uh, that Rangers team at that time were very fragile uh, they were from set plays uh, you know they conceded quite a lot but you mentioned a couple of players there for Hibs Hugh you know you go back to uh, David Gray obviously scoring the winner but you get guys who have been there for years Louis Stevenson young John McGinn was making his way into the game as well at that time Stokes was pivotal with with a couple of goals so he's absolutely right I I think what James is touching on there I think it's pertinent to everybody when you go to a a cup final We, we, we had someone earlier on talking about 22 cup finals Gordon he's been at you know I think that's very all well and done when you're you're supporting the old firm but when you're looking at a team like Hibs who get there every kind of blue moon if you like and then to win it after 114 years you know it lives in people's memory
1: and so they were you look back at the sort of route to the final as well. I mean, Rangers knocked out Celtic in the semi-final. They, they won on penalties. penalties. that's right, yeah. And that in itself, Hugh, was a big moment for Celtic because that was the moment they decided to turn to Brendan Rodgers and the rest was history after that. And then clearly, once you've knocked out your great rivals, you, you think you, you're going to go on and win the thing. Absolutely. And Hibs had other ideas. So actually, as a bigger picture, that, that was remarkable. And as James said, yeah, listen, we, we could argue only about... What happened afterwards and, and all the rest of it, but in, in, in a just a purely footballing perspective, it was it was remarkable.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, and what happened afterwards was remarkable. You know that the the Hibs fans, 114 years, obviously none of them were alive uh, through all those 114 years, but the the sheer release of emotion, winning the cup. Uh, they, they, they were carried away and a lot of what happened afterwards was unacceptable uh, and they were very, very fortunate as a club to escape punishment um, but that's emotion for you. Can I just give you a quick story? Absolutely. Just when Alec Ray mentioned John McGinn there. Yes. Uh I've told you before, Alec, that one of my grandsons is uh, severely autistic and one of his carers is John McGinn's uncle. And for families with autistic children at this time, during this coronavirus crisis that we have going on, families who have autistic children, it's a really, really hard shift. One, My grandson has to do a certain thing on a Saturday night and that's to have a fish supper. But they're all closed but one gentleman in Yoker, not far from where radio Clyde is uh, in Milanos uh, agreed that he would make him a fish supper and he would allow him to come down and he would give him the fish supper at the door now for my grandson that meant the world and I thank the man very much for that
1: yeah, brilliant story here
2: Absolutely That puts all our football squabbles Into yes.
1: perspective I think I absolutely love that oh, He's always good for a story isn't he Do
3: you know what the thing is It's because he's going to end up Going to fist up on the back And mention in the <laughs> <shop>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh James just finally Before we let you go Because that is a A standout example That one will Live long in the memory You got any from your own team That would stand out
11: yeah, Probably I think you spoke about The kind of 95 final Because I was only like 10 at the time So I was kind of The first time I'd seen Celtic Winning a trophy one of the one of the first times, cuz i think they went 6 years without winning a trophy from right between 89 so i hadn't really seen them and just before that they had got beat off free throw in the league cup final so it was it was nice to see them
1: win a trophy yeah what whatever happened to the guy that scored for Wraith Rover send you no nah never heard of him Great. thank you very much to James in Greenock yeah he turned up in, I told you he turned <laughs> up <laughs> at my yeah. house on Friday on his bike it was disturbing he hasn't been back since thanks very much James in Greenock Alex Ray and Hugh Cavens are here well Alex is here Hugh's he on the line and you're going to have to team up to come up with 10 goal scorers in tonight's teaser I'll give you the full details of the question next
0: Slide One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com.
1: Alex Ray is here Hugh Kevins is in his man cave But he is here uh, Like you've never heard him before And Hugh Kevins uh, You're getting some thanks On Twitter So it's not always Abuse that you get uh, Loads of people Are getting in touch Hugh to say that they, That story that you told Just before the break there uh, as was really brought them Some comfort yep. Eugene O'Neill says Thanks for that Hugh My wife and I Coping with an autistic Adult son at the moment Nice to know we're not alone Andrew McFadden as well He says My son's autistic Hugh that was a great story I hope you're keeping well And he sent us a picture Of his youngster Uh, homeschooling at the kitchen table.
2: (laughs) Uh, You you can't tell an uh, an autistic child that there's a coronavirus crisis. They don't know what you're talking about. They they need order in their lives. They need to do the same thing on a weekly basis. And that is uh, Michael's weekly treat on a Saturday. And this gentleman was kind enough to go out of his way at a time when... the the chip shops are all closed out of his way because when we explained to him the nature of the circumstances and that's why Eugene and everyone else I know what you're talking about Take care
1: Yeah, Brian, Absolutely love that Tonight's question is this Liam McIntosh has sent it in So thanks a lot to Liam uh, We've got quite a few questions in Over the last couple of days And it's making me think That people are genuinely Putting their newfound time In the house to absolutely. good use And sending the questions in But It could be a long Old couple of months So let's please Keep them coming Full time at Clyde1.com Tonight says this There are 10 players Still playing In the SPFL who have more who have fifty or more goals in our top flight. So there are ten players still playing in the SPFL with fifty or more goals in the top flight. Who are they? Griffiths. Yes. Yes. Lee Griffiths, top of the tree, hundred and fourteen. Hugh. Uh boys. Yep, he's got fifty, I think, yes, Naismith. right on the money.
3: Lee Smith. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to
1: say Chris Buck?
2: Nope. Uh, Brophy No <laughs> uh, James Forrest Yes Brilliant
1: shock
2: Okay we'll leave oh, I don't know no,
3: I've got one Murphy Oh do you Callum McGregor
2: No Oh
1: Right, we'll leave it there. Ten players still playing in the SPFL with 50 or more goals in the top flight. Who are they? Lee Griffiths, Stephen Naismith, James Forrest and Liam Boyce. This is Liam McIntosh who sent the question in. Take inspiration from him. Send your question in to fulltime at Clyde1.com and if you have any complaints about the question, it's not my fault. Don't blame the messenger. That's the way it always works. I like to pass responsibility on. 01419511025. Kenny is a Hearts fan on the line. You've got a couple to choose from, Kenny. What uh, one are you going for? Uh,
7: 1998. Okay. <coughs> the reason being, I woke up that morning in May, uh, fully optimism as we did after losing so many finals, you know what I mean? Getting beat by Rangers 5-1, getting beat by everybody, getting knocked out by injury, etc., etc. That morning I woke up, uh, we all put a bet on in the bookies, we all went for Colin Cameron, I know that I'm saying bet, uh, <laughs> but we all bet Colin Cameron for the first goal, uh, I then got Colin Cameron in the sweep, and that year, thanks to <laughs> thanks to Mad Lad, I got four free tickets, uh, because I had shares with Hearts at the oh, time. Oh,
3: Carlsberg weekend, Kenny.
7: Oh, fantastic, I actually came home richer than when I left it. <laughs>
1: you <laughs> what I've always wondered about that final, Kenny. And, and maybe this is one that's more for, for players, but I, I wonder about the fans' perspective. Did it change anything? Or did it take anything away from the fact that it wasn't at hand? Uh, <laughs>
7: no, to <a> jambo, no. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Listen, me, me and... Uh, we were at, I was at the Hatshazby the, uh, Cup game, and me and my mate were in a pub, and we actually spoke about 1998, and I says, this is genuine. When we left we'd we'd been that drunk in the morning that when we go to the game we, we can ask there to the steps Colin Cameron scored him too early. I stared at the step until Stephen Adam scored a goal and I still stared at the steps. I couldn't have watched the game. But <laughs> when uh, we actually go home, we stood inside a, a, a shopping centre in West Hills in Edinburgh and the two of us looked at each other and says, what do we do now? I'd <laughs> actually drunk myself sober and we didn't realise there was a bigger party going on in Gorgie. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, please drink responsibly. Um, Hearts 2, Rangers 1, Hugh, that one was, was at Celtic Park yep. like I mentioned. Um yeah, what are your recollections
2: of that one? Uh, Jim Jeffries. Uh, Jim was a man that uh, I liked and respected very much and uh, he loved the Harps as as much as Kenny does. And he told me that he took the trophy to his dad's house and when working class folks are emotional in that way uh, he's, he's so proud in showing it to his dad but then he, they were called for their tea, and his dad put the, the, the Scottish Cup on the top of the coal bunker. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and when you think
1: Kenny, that spell was well, real, well, very successful for Hearts in the Scottish Cup. What would that have been? Three wins in fifteen years. Hopefully, my arithmetic is is good. But you know, for for a club out with Celtic and Rangers, that's that's good Excellent, going yeah. from from ninety eight uh, to twenty twelve, isn't it?
7: Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, listen, can I just quickly say, Hugh, you, you really tugged my heartstrings there with the autism, but uh, which, you know, we both share. Uh, it's just a very... It's very nice that you say things like that, you know, because we must all be slightly autistic, because I tell you what, I'm badly, badly routine with missing people. <laughs>
2: there is... <laughs> no one knows uh, other than those who who have autistic children or autistic grandchildren no one knows the the routine that must be followed and no one knows the state of confusion that uh, these children are experiencing because they can't go to their schools, they don't have their carers in You know, my grandson has John McGinn's Aston Villa jersey uh, which he kindly gave to his uncle to give to my grandson and uh, we feel a strong uh, attachment to them for that reason but we can't see him because people can't come and visit therefore his whole life has been turned upside down and one kindly gesture made his weekend Kenny
1: and I'm just thinking more about Hearts Scottish Cup history in, in recent times Hugh the the Gretna game winning, winning well a couple of things about that in, in 2006 Gretna getting there for a start remember Gretna yeah. and, and all, all the madness that went along there and the fact that Hearts won it on penalties. Now, this is off the top of my head, but what were the, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, that would be the only one in those three decades to be settled on penalties, wouldn't it? Or was yeah, Celtics 1990s. just at the end of, yeah, 1990, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah I suppose, yeah, but I from, from be, there on. Yeah, I mean, to, to go to penalties against Gretna, I mean, Gretna was a fairy tale story that turned into... Uh, a horror story because you know they they collapsed under the weight of the the debts that they had, uh, but they might have snatched the cup, you know, because once you're into penalty kicks, as Alec knows, you're into the lottery. Then, uh, but they're are a they're a great club, Hearts, and I'm uh, you know I, I feel for everyone at this time with the, the demands that they're going to have to face in terms of finance, but they're a great club and uh, uh, Kenny represents a a, a great support and uh, I was glad to see them get it that day.
1: What are penalty shootouts like in the Scottish Cup final, Kenny? Because not many people will know, not many people have experienced that level of of tension. What was it like? Uh, Very, very, very
7: nerve-wracking. I I actually... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I preferred the semi-final better beating Hibs 4-0, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's all a lot of people forget, but no, it was. it's just a great experience. You know, we all slag with Mad Vlad and as I said the other night, i daft owners and things and we'll go through it, but there's times when you think... Had any care if he's off, easing not. But we just won the Scottish Cup. You know
1: what I mean? And let me get this straight: we've now had a Hearts fan on the line for a good five minutes or so talking about your favourite Scottish Cup finals, and you've not even mentioned the one when you beat your great rivals by five won, goals yeah. to one. Go on, take it away. Listen, <laughs> that's,
7: that's been the producer, I wasn't going to say that because it appeared too obvious, but <laughs> uh, that was probably. That was, that was revenge for 7-0. I was a wee laddie at the 7-0 game at Tyne castle so that was sweet revenge.
1: I mean, Hugh, I remember the, the thing personally about that one for me was it was one of the first Scottish Cup finals I went to and it was the one that I really felt you could just sit back and enjoy and I was even safe in the safe in the knowledge that even my mates couldn't argue about the outcome that night because most of the finals my life have either involved Celtic or Rangers. There's a couple that have been along to see Motherwell in, and you get sort of caught up in the aftermath. But for us in this part of the world, it was great to see the two Edinburgh teams come through and play, and it was a case of just sit back and enjoy it, and whatever happens will happen.
2: The Salt and Sauce Final, as they called it. Uh, great moment for Rudy Scaccio. Another one that if David Gray will never buy a drink in Edinburgh again, Rudy Scatcher will never buy a drink in Edinburgh again. Uh, I remember Kenny mentioned that seven-nil victory for Hibs against Hearts. Jim Jeffries played for the Hearts in that game at fullback, and he always used to say to me, "If you mention that game again," <laughs> <and> I, <yeah. laughs> so I never did much but I mean seriously Alex the 5-1
1: that's just Hibs fans won't uh, won't want to hear about it but they they had their moment a few minutes ago we were speaking about the 3-2 win for them and David Gray and Liam Henderson and all the rest of it complete contrast to that yeah, day
3: yeah without doubt it was a standout Gordon and the uh, hearts were a decent outfit at that time and uh, as you say Saskatchewan was a standout but you know you've got guys like uh, Barr and uh, Granger guys who were kind of journeymen really you know didn't really hit the heights but you know uh, but to win a Scottish Cup final you know to, to show that is, is a reward is absolutely remarkable
1: Thank you very much Kenny and Airdrie on the line Let's see how you two Are getting on with Tonight's full time teaser Liam McIntosh sent it in And he says There are 10 players Still playing in the SPFL With 50 or more goals In the top flight Who are they? You've got Lee Griffiths Stephen Naismith James Forrest Liam Boyce Morelos Right No
2: No Right Christie? No.
3: no No Morelos Eh uh, uh, Stevie, May. Stevie May? Nope. Billy McKay
1: Yes, Billy McKay is currently at Ross County. Niall McGinn? Yes, currently at Aberdeen. That's me, Shog. Okay, four to get, we'll get them next.
0: Clyde One, Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com.
1: That's us on the home straight And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray is yeah. in the studio Hugh Evans still joining us from the Man Cave I hope you're not getting too used to this Hugh Because I'm hoping that when all this blows over You will eventually come back And join us in the studio
2: Oh I look forward to the day Believe me I, I, I cannot believe that I've got this machine to work all this time I think what is that Whoa, That's about four shows now Four yes. or five You're doing yeah. well, I you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah I, When... Producer Dan suggested that I turn it off and start again Well, I'll be having words with his mother. <laughs>
1: Honestly, I, we should have broadcast that, but at the news at 7 o'clock, we said to Hugh, look, there's a bit of a delay on it. Go and just turn it off, turn it back on again. And he said, I, you are taking, you're taking a risk here. I don't, I don't want to touch it. And then we tried to gently explain that that's what he does at the end of every show anyway and manages to get it up and running for the next one. So, well done. The next Mark Zuckerberg there in Bears Den at the moment. Jasper is on the line. Let's take a breath actually before Jasper and check in on the teaser. What have you got? You've got Lee Griffiths, Billy Mackay, Now again, Stephen A. Smith, James Forrest, Liam Boyce, Hugh. Did you think of any?
2: Do you have to have played uh, uh, in the Premier League right now no. to be in the answer? No, you have to still be in the SPFL though.
1: Chris Doolin. Yes, well done. Stephen McLean. Yes, brilliant. Tom Rogic? Nope.
3: Mm. Just try to think who's down the divisions now.
1: We've got two to get. Yep. Oh, we'll leave it there then. We'll leave it there and we'll speak to Jasper in Johnson. Hi, Jasper. All right, guys. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? What's your memory then? The Scottish Cup final that sticks out? We still got you, Jasper? think We've lost them. We'll get producer Dan on the case and make sure we can get him back. That wasn't you, Hugh Keevens, was it? You didn't touch anything, not me, Governor. <laughs> Good stuff. I'll check in on Twitter while oh, we try.
3: I, I've got an oh, no, ah, Just Twitter. you, just you mm. wait.
1: You've only got two to get plenty of time. I can see the um, a, a, a dramatic late finish here for you two on these. Uh, we're looking for a two. John McIlvani's thrown a couple of names in there, Peter Gray as well, throwing some decent names in. Let's see if we can get you two over the line Have we got Jasper back? I don't know what's going on The phone line's down In Johnson Jasper I think we've got you back Are you there? (laughs) (gasps) The big build up (laughs) We gave it the big build up I'll tell you what we will do Uh, Let's hear We always like to try and Hear a good news story If you like a good news football story To make us feel a bit better About what's going on at the moment Ross County Co-manager Stuart Kettlewell He's been on the phone He's been phoning around Elderly season ticket holders As many clubs have been doing Just to check on them During this coronavirus lockdown He says it's important They do something To help the wider community He's urging others to do the same And he says it's been Quite a humbling experience and the response has been
9: terrific, it's been great it's been very humbling for ourselves um, obviously speaking to a lot of people that haven't been able to get get out of their house haven't been able to do their hour or so's exercise per day just in, in varying circumstances um, and, it, and it's been great, it's been, it's been nice to pick up and, and have a wee bit of chat with, with folk that obviously want to find out a little bit about what's happening with regards football, they're obviously concerned as a, a community for, for everybody, um, nice little touches and people asking how your own family are. Um, there's also been some humour in there as well there's o- obviously been some people that maybe are a bit unsure of the phone call I think I had one in particular myself that had asked how many bottles of wine I'd had and wondering who was uh, who was prank calling them. but eventually once I managed to convince him who I was then uh, the conversation went well so I think from a football club standpoint and I've seen a lot of different things that, that's going on in football and I genuinely hope that this can be an opportunity even though it's such a test in time and something that none of us want to happen I think that hopefully in the football community it gives us a real sense of
1: what's going on in the world and how we can influence it and how we can help in some small fashion I like that Hugh I knew someone would think it was a prank call that's an absolute certainty but as much as we have always in the last couple of weeks Tried to find the balance on this show Of of reminding people we, we know football is not the most important thing It's hugely important to some people And what a difference that would make Imagine the manager of your team picking up the phone And phoning you just to check that, that everything's okay that would, make, that would make some difference to someone's day
2: Yeah, particularly people of a certain age You know, the, the, they, they love to feel that sense of connection uh, And that someone has taken the trouble to make the phone call we took football for granted it was just a part of our lives we assumed was there and would always be there and now it isn't and now we can't wait to be reunited and we'll be more respectful when we get it back I'm glad that uh,
1: that fan didn't hang up on them though Alex because that would be tempting. Who's yeah. it? who is it? Sure. I don't think so see you yeah,
3: absolutely I've heard about that over the years when players have played pranks on it and you they are very good but listen I think it's great there's some great initiatives by clubs keeping in contact with uh, their fan base which I think is pivotal at this time because just a phone call I got a phone call from uh, Ludovic Roy an old uh, goalkeeper when I was a manager at Dundee and he spent 25 minutes just catching up you know and it's, I think the more phone calls the more people you speak to over this time you know just gets them out of that isolation
1: Robert is in Mary Hill how are you, Robert? Oh, I'm good, thanks yourself. Yeah, not too bad at all. Have you got a Scottish Cup final you want to share with us? Um, got a couple. Um, that's all right. Um sure. First one was Like
10: talk about like how Rangers Celtic get to finals and golf team like the teams that put you know, for them getting to cup finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Gretna made it. I think that was amazing. You no, know, when Gretna reached the cup final. Uh, when you
1: play tart? Yeah, absolutely, and it went to penalties as well. We we're just discussing that with Kenny. Who, who wore the kilt again? Hugh? Was it was it the great the great no, manager? manager?
3: Yeah. Was it Robin Alexander yeah, or someone yeah, came exactly in the kilt?
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't see that often. Uh, you know, when, when we look back on the history of Scottish football, that will be one of the remarkable tales. You know, the the James Grady, an old friend of the the program here, used to be on the program. Uh, terrific striker everywhere he went uh, he scored some important goals for Gretna uh, and uh, when the club went out of business they owed they owed James quite a bit of money to be perfectly honest but he said you know I don't have any regrets I don't have any there'll be no recriminations I had a great time at Gretna and you can't say fairer than that What else Robert any other ones that, that stick out for you? Uh, it was the 2009
10: Cup final Rangers-Fall Cup that's always in my memory. Um, I always remember when Chris Boyd came off at half time. Natural Novo was a impact club that day, um, and he was about to. I always remember like, he was about to take the throw in. It was quite like, just after like fifteen seconds of the second half. Novo was about to take the throw in, and Whitaker took it. And Novo was in the right place, right time, and what a sight just to win the game.
1: Yeah that's right. I remember so that one. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. I remember it. it was from the edge of the box going and they just threw it in over his right shoulder. The wee man's rattled into the far corner and uh, yeah, they say say the rest is history but it just shows you that little bit of inspiration can change a game. Was
1: that was that one was that, was that a roasting hot day? I don't know what yeah, seems it seems like was, a strange yeah, question. Yeah, was. Yes. I uh, was
10: something like
1: Is it 30 odd degrees, like 35 degrees that day or something? That's why Boyd came off at that time. Yeah, that's right. Did Boyd not come off and look as if he was just absolutely. Blown. Yeah. Listen, you always always see him playing the five assays these days. Believe me, he's blown still. (laughs) And then that Chernobyl pops up with a winner, and that sees you into one of our teaser questions, probably. I think we've had them before, you know, guys that come on as a sub and score in the Scottish Cup final. Yes. Uh, And that would be one of them. And then we had the ultimate one, Hugh, this whole conversation the reason we are having this debate or discussion tonight I should say is because you and I watched the 91 final last night as did many people many people sharing their thoughts on it on social media and talk about super subs Stevie Kirk yeah came on the show last Monday in fact didn't sure. yeah, yeah absolutely. a week ago.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, the, the the image of Stevie Kirk scoring the goal and then he, he clutches the Motherwell badge as he runs towards the uh, the main stand I at at uh, Hamden. Uh, and what about Hamden Park itself? You know, no roof. Uh, just look for the, the old-fashioned version of the old place. Um, so I'm sure it's a memory that will live with Stevie Kirk forever, live with all mother fans who were there forever. And now you, young whippersnapper, having seen it all from start to finish... You'll never forget it either. There
1: were some really small details as well that I, I took away from, from watching a game from that era last night, Alex. Yep. Um, some more important than others, but one that I laughed at was the cups of tea between you know, the first half of Extra Time and the second half of Extra Time. Yep. It's all gone off. It's the showpiece event of the season. It's one of the most dramatic cup finals ever and you've got time to get a proper cup a, like Some a, a cup china cup of tea, cup of tea and yeah. the players were just
3: when did that when did that die in I've no idea because it was not something was that never in your time I, well I actually played in that in that, uh, that either and uh, at no point did
1: I ever have a cup of tea before during or after <laughs> extra time was I drinking a cup of tea I'm sure maybe that's just a personal thing I'm sure DL was quite the, the tea drinker in and around yet. I couldn't think he you played a bit after him to be fair
3: yeah but even still you know th- th- a cup of tea you know you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> extra time in your I think it's, it's
1: fine as long as you don't go for
2: a biscuit as well Hugh is it not uh, uh, well they were all big tea drinkers in those <laughs> days Dennis Law the legend that Dennis Law uh, pot of tea, Sam, pot of tea. Uh, and you know th- that was just a, a part of it now uh, if a few of them had to- taking tea more often than other things with longer
1: careers (laughs) right let's finish with tonight's teaser Liam McIntosh thank you to Liam for sending in 10 players who are still in the SPFL somewhere across the divisions but have 50 or more goals in the top flight who are they? I think you've only got 2 to get you've got Lee Griffiths Billy McKay Niall McGinn Stephen Naismith James Forrest Chris Doolan Stephen McLean Liam Boyce 2 to get
3: Lee Miller nope Brian Graham
1: nope Sam mm. Cosgrove No. Nope. Nope. Tell you what, one of them I did not see coming. No offence to him, he's just not, just not prolific. It's he's, he's just done it over five
3: or a, six goals over a long yeah. period of time. Uh, so what's a midfielder? Hugh? Oh, is he still playing the top flight? Saint Johnson uh, Davidson. Oh
2: Murray Davidson? No.
3: It's going to be Saint McKay
1: No. It's a centre half. Hugh? No, no, it's a midfielder. Yeah, Liam Craig?
3: Yes. William yeah.
1: Craig.
3: It's just this forty-five, six goals a season, two over a
1: period. And the yeah. last one, he is a striker. Hmm. He's still in the championship, but he has obviously more than fifty or more in the top flight. So it's a championship. Here. He has a famous footballing brother.
3: Oh. Uh, I was going to say the boy Nicky Clark. He's been ever. Um, try to think, He's famous brother. brother. <laughs> Uh, Begin? Uh, <laughs> no, because <laughs> there's about
2: 15.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, famous brother. I mean, you would have to say his brother was more of a more of a player than than this guy who's still playing in the championship. No disrespect him, but if you're from if you're from my part of the world, you prefer this one. Yep. He's is the, the, the more handsome of the two? That's what they would tell you if you asked around Fir Park, and that's clearly what matters in these questions.
3: Yes. So Motherwell
1: Played for Motherwell Played for Hearts St Mirren He's at Morton currently And his brother Played for Celtic Yes Forrest Oh no, uh, So Morton I'm trying his to His brother played for Celtic Blackburn and Chelsea And Norwich <laughs> Oh come on Fleck No I've not <laughs> got a clue Larson, Hartson, oh, and Big
3: Sutton. That's right, yes. John we got Sutton. There, John yes. Yes. Thank you very <laughs> yes. much.
1: Hugh kevens from The Man Cave. Thank you, Alex Ray, in the studio. We are back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Roger Hannah and Gordon deal Would love for you to join us.
0: Clyde One, Super Scoreboard, with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to thompsons.com dot